we're back with another episode of the Torch Mom Podcast. Tonight, we have Kenya, a Torch Mom, taking on risk and crushing hate daily. Let's get this Torch Talk started. Hey, Kenya, how are you? Hey, love, how are you? Thank you for having me today. I know it's been drama this earlier. No worries. No worries. I am doing great. Thank you so much for asking. The drama is always needed so we can make sure we get comfortable before we get started. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. So we're going to jump right into these questions and get this party started. Okay, let's go. All right. So what aspects of your upbringing and surroundings do you believe have shaped your identity and values as a powerful mother? Um, so I feel like um, growing up, my dad was always in the community. He always did community outreach, always outspoken when it came to um, you know, getting things for the children, making sure that our neighborhood was in order, just keeping us busy. So I really feel like um, that really, you know, helped me. So I don't know if, if you ever heard of the caveat, Chris's Addicts down on First Street. No. No, I'm not familiar. You got to Google it. Okay, so my dad used to run um, a place called Chris's Addicts down between First Street, North Capitol, Rhode Island Avenue. So it was like a big Pepco building where they had uh, different events. They had go-go bands. They had a lot of things, you know, happening for the community. So that's why I really feel like everything started for me. Um, my dad has always been the kind of person where, you know, he made sure that everybody was okay, made sure that we was always into different activities, um, just being a part of the community, making sure that we care about what's going on around us. So, you know, me growing up, it was more like a community. It was really a family. When you hear people say, you know, um, it's like a community, it's a tribe, that's what it was. Um, for me now, having my own kids, my community has to be handpicked. <laughs> Um, I have a thing about certain people coming into my children's life, you know, now the, the way that the world is right now, um, the way that people behaviors are, their different energies, I have to be very careful about what I bring around my children. So I may have friends that have children that I just feel like is not on the same page of where I want my boys to be. And I have to be very protective because I have kings. I have to groom my kings a certain kind of way to make sure that they can survive out here. You know, and I try to make sure that they understand that everything you see is not what it really is. You know, it's always something behind it. So you always have to see what it is 
look at it from a, a, a different perspective, look at it from the person perspective, look at it from your perspective, and then you make a decision. So, I mean, it's 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 way harder out here now compared to when I was growing up. And I think we talked about this before when we met up about, you know, just being in the business. Like, I'm always in the business when it comes to my children. You ask them, I need to know your friends, their parents, where you at, what you're doing, who you with, <laughs> what y'all do, like everything. That's just, you know, because I got to make sure if their parents ain't right, they ain't right. That's how I feel. And I always want a parent to know that if your child come over here, that they taken care of, you know? So, mm -hmm. yeah. I know it's a delay. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, like, it's all good. Even for me now. It's good. I know, right? So, like, even for me now, like, all these things that's going on out here in these streets with these teenagers under 18, it is crazy. I got a 19-year-old. I need to know where you at. You got mm -hmm. to be in a house at a certain mm -hmm. time. I need to know who you with. If you're not in my house by a certain time, I'm calling you. Be like, where you at? How long does it take you to get home? Like, you got to really be in their business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and you're not grown. You're only grown to a certain extent. You grow when you get out of here. It's my rules until you leave. You have freedom, but your freedom comes with a price. So, you know, it's, 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 it's hard. It is definitely hard out here. Um, you know how we always say we're going to do better than our parents. We're going to raise the kids like we was raised or not raised kids, how we was raised. I think I do a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. I feel like the values I teach my children are the same values that I've grown up with. But then I have to be a little flexible because I know the things that I did when I grew up, you know. So I'm always on top of what it is they doing. Like, don't be trying to play me. So, you know, it, it's it's a different world. What can I say? But I really just feel like <laughs> they, they, they need to care. Like, children need to care. You need to care about yourself. You need to care about the community. You need to care about your future. You need to care about this earth. You have to care about everything to be able to survive. You can't just care about yourself. Mm -mm. Mm. Dropping gems at the beginning, okay? <laughs> I love it. You crazy. I love it. Okay, so I know you mentioned that you had um, both epidural and no epidural yeah. experiences during childbirth. Share the differences with us. How was that? So with my first son, I had an epidural. 
um, I was in labor for like eight hours. And the first epidural didn't work. I waited to the last minute, of course, because I was supposed to have been, I had this whole birth plan, you know, I'm just going to have the baby at home, no epidural. This shit ain't happening. Okay? <laughs> I was in the hospital with preeclampsia, got an epidural, like, at the last five seconds. And... The first one didn't work. I had to cuss out the nurse to get the doctor in to get the second epidural. By the time I got the second epidural, everything was numb but my toes. And I didn't like it. I felt like my son was woozy. You know, I like I didn't feel like I was completely there. And then I felt like he was on drugs. Yawning. My second child, my third child, I had no epidural. I just I sewed it up. The difference for me, I felt like I was more in tune with myself. I was more in tune with myself. Um, even though it was pain, it was great pain. It was pain that I felt like that I needed to feel to be humble when it came to my children. Does that make sense? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I need to let my body do what my body needs to do to bring me full circle to be there for them. If that makes sense. So I'll never choose the epidural mm -hmm. again. It's the perspective. Yeah. And I felt like okay. I felt everything. Like the whole like my whole energy change. Everything. It was just it was completely different. It was completely different. And I felt like we as women go through so much already. Childbirth even though it's pain, it's great pain. Because you actually did something, like you really understand your strength. You really understand how much pain you can actually take. You really understand what you're capable of. Mm -hmm. Yep. That is so true. Because I had no epidural with my daughter and I I can definitely feel you on that. You felt everything. And like you said, it was great pain. It was fine. You know, you can get through it. And that's what I kept telling myself while I was holding on to the pose on that bed. <laughs> yes. Sure. But it was like, um, I was more aware. I was more of, uh, aware of what was going on doing pain than I was when I had the epidural. When I had the epidural, I just remember them saying, just push. And and that was it. I was like, I'm tired now. <laughs> I'm done with this. I'm tired. But the other two, I was up. I mean, I was tired, but I had that energy. And then I also felt like my milk came in faster. Like everything just started immediately compared to when I had the epidural. When I had the epidural, I felt like it took a little longer. I felt like it took longer. I felt like, um, okay. I think for me, I think I cried for like a week or two because my milk wouldn't come in. You know what I'm saying? When I had the epidural. But then when I didn't have the epidural, okay. it was like automatic. 
Mm-hmm. It could have been me. It could have been me being young. It could have been a whole lot of things. But now that I look back at it, to me, I felt like when I had nothing in my system, my body worked properly. When I had medication in my system, it took a little longer for my body to catch up with what was really going on. Mm-hmm. Understood. Well, thank you for sharing that with our listeners. You don't know what mom needs to hear that and see the different perspective and you know the different changes that you were experiencing from having an epidural and not having one. So and then doing it twice, not having one too. So that's super dope. I love it. Thank you for sharing and being transparent. Oh, and let me also say, if you don't have the epidural, your your labor won't last as long. <laughs> I went from eight hours to six hours to four hours, mm. like fast. You know what I'm saying? Like my first my child God. was eight hours, my second child was six you know, hours, my first, child, child, my third child was four hours. Like I was, I was ready. But I think it's because the pain. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Your pain. Maybe you can track faster. Well, for me, it did. Meaning that your body is working more faster compared to the epidural slowing it down because you're not really feeling the pain, even though it's happening. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Sharing some light on things. I appreciate it. Can you tell us about any memorable or humorous moments from your experience as a mom? Um, this 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 little one right here I got now. Yeah, it's always a moment. I think it's always a moment with him. I think it's his mouth for me. I think his mouth is so much like me, but just like his father. <laughs> so the things that come out his mouth just be like, really? You know, um, but let me think. Hilarious when it came to these kids. I think everybody had their little moments. But, you know, that's, I think it's hilarious depending on the child, not really depending on if it's funny to others kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just for mm-hmm. me, it's more it's, 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 it's more of a personality compared to something that, that, that has actually been done. Okay. I love the answer. I love it. You're giving them their respect on each level, you know? So that's dope. Yeah, because my oldest child, he is he's a love child. He's the one who loves you, who care about you, who think about you, who like he's just that love child. You, you know what I'm saying? And he analyzed everything. My middle child, he's the aggressor. <laughs> he don't want to hear, he don't care. It's his way or no way. He wanted when he wanted. Kind of, you know. This last child, mm-hmm. he's funny. He's smart. He's lovable. 
he's more caring. He's like the oldest child times two <laughs> with a mouth. Mm -hmm. So, you know, mm -hmm. they all different. And I think, I, I, <laughs> I think <laughs> seriously, so I really feel like all my kids got something of me. Um, I feel like my oldest got my love. My middle child got my meanness. My younger child got, got my funny and playful side. Okay. So okay. it's, you know. What inspired you? Okay, okay. That delay. I apologize. <laughs> I know. What inspired you to become a reseller? So I've always struck at the thrift store, right? I've always loved my grandmother's fashion. I always mm -hmm. loved my grandmother and her sisters was always flat. Um, so I always used to go to the thrift store. And when I was about, when I was about maybe 18, 19, I was like, I'm going to get me a thrift store. That was my thing. Everybody always used to say, you can get you a thrift store. I used to like, I'm going to. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to have my own business. I wanted to get a thrift store because I always felt like when I was, um, so when I graduated, I went to Dress for Success to get my first couple of pieces of clothes for an interview. And I loved it. I felt like they made you feel important. They helped you, um, you know, look presentable. Like they was helping me start my future, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a feeling when you put on clothes and you feel like you can do anything. And so that's how clothes make me feel. Like certain clothes make you feel like you can do anything and make you feel a certain kind of way. You can be five different people in five different outfits, right? And so I, I always was like, I want to get a thrift store. I want to get a thrift store. I'm... I'm always looking for closet space. I'm always looking for different little pieces. So then when the pandemic happened, I was like addicted to Instagram. I got addicted to Instagram vine. I was girl, I don't even want to tell y'all. But <laughs> I was addicted to it and I watched I watched them for like three months. I'm serious. I was addicted because I was like, oh my God, I need that. I need that. I need that. Um, but I watched the resellers for three months. I got in DMs. I was asking them questions, just trying to figure out, you know, how it worked. I went on Facebook, started looking at their lives. Mm -hmm. Guys took up the people DMs. And I was like, I can do this. It's easy money. I get to shop. It's my therapy. I love to do it. I like to talk to people. Um, I like to meet new people. So let me just do it. So I started off. Now, mind you, I already had like some racks because I used to do flea market stuff all the time. Like I used to be doing flea markets every weekend. I used to take the kids. Let's go get your toys, your clothes. You want some money? You want to go buy something? Let's go and sell. I was selling my old clothes. 
stuff that I didn't want around the house. And then I put it up. Then when when Instagram started, I was like, you know how much clothes I got that I can't fit no more? Let me go ahead and start selling. I said, let me just get two racks together. I got two racks together when I bought a couple of things. And then it just started from there. I started meeting um, ladies online from the DMV area. And I was been doing it for what, two years now? Um, and then I started, I started a group. Well, it really wasn't a group. I just started more like a support system. So me, I, I went to school for social work, right? I'm always the kind of person where I like to share what I know, mm-hmm. right? You ever seen that show, See the Science Kid on PBS? I always want to know everything yes. about everything. Yes. That's me, right? I always want to know everything about everything. And if I don't know, I, I'm I'm always searching. So if you ever call me and you ask me something, I know something. I can at least point you in the right direction. Or I'm going to go read about it to be able to know about it. Right? So that's how I was with this. So I started just, you know, getting ladies together. They was asking me questions. I was asking them questions. Just getting knowledge from those who I've seen who was doing what I wanted to do or who was in a place where I felt like I wanted to be, right? My thing was is to pick those people mm-hmm. that had the same mm-hmm. energy that I wanted. Because one thing about Instagram, people can put on a show but their energy ain't real. So for me, it was more let me take all the good stuff from those who I feel like had the energy that I want to give out, right? Like, I need people who got customer service, who um, just loving what they do, who not just only out here for the money, who have a purpose. Mm-hmm. Like, it's always important to get fed by people who have a purpose. It's always important to find the people with the energy you want or the energy that you have. And that's what I did. And, you know, some come, some go. And that's where we are with it. Um, but I really like reselling. I, I, I really like reselling. Um, I haven't done Instagram lives in a minute only because it's getting to be too much for my house. Right? Um, I like doing pop-ups because I can take all my stuff. Mm-hmm. I can talk to people. And I, I like to be around people who love what I love. And I would like to be around people who know what I do. Okay. People, when, when, when I'm on live, I got to do too much reading. I don't like talking to myself. Um, I don't know. I just, it's just something mm-hmm. about it now. I'm just not feeling it. It's just something about it. I'm just not feeling it. 
So I decided mm-hmm. in February yeah. to only do pop-ups all summer, right? So I was doing a pop-up every weekend since March up until September. And then I'm only doing two pop-ups a month. But now I'm ready so to get rid of all this stuff. you some regular spots that you're going to? Um, <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> so, yes and no. So, this was like my trial year, right? So, I went to places mm-hmm. where I felt like I had the audience that I wanted to sell to. Um, was in the DMV area. Like mm-hmm. I've done DC all the way to Richmond. And people have to understand what you have. Like you curate things because you like them, right? But who else gonna like them? So I say that to say mm-hmm. everybody loves vintage, exactly. but everybody don't like the same vintage. And I say that because <clears throat> When I go, let's say, for instance, I go down to Adams Morgan. What's in Adams Morgan is not the same at a pop-up that's out in Brandywine. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. you have to be around the people who like what you like to be able to sell your items. Like, everything that I have is not always going to be colors. I love color. You never, I'm, I'm always in color. I might got a piece of black on, but I'm always in the color. You never, pink, pink, purple, teal makes me feel good. That being said, I'm, I, I always have color, even though I have black, brown, like the neutral colors, right? But everybody don't like color. We like color. You know? Um, other people right. like color, but their colors are more are more of the neutral or the primary colors, not the bright colors. So I've just been going right. to different pop-ups mm-hmm. around to see who likes what. Um, and that will determine where I'm going to go next year. But it's also about the demographics. Okay. For instance, I realized in Richmond, they like more streetwear, more baggy clothes. They like color, but not as much. They like more neutrals, army green, tans, you know, beige. In D.C., certain Mm -hmm. parts of D.C., Mm -hmm. they like pastels, flowers, prints. Other places might like mm-hmm. bright, mm-hmm. bold, sequins. You know, like hello clothes. Like, hello, you see me. I walk in, you see me, right? So where do you go for pop-ups that's going to bring the people mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. want the items that you have? On Instagram, it's like rolling dice. 
if 15 people are in my room, mm-hmm. that means three people are plus size, three people are small, two people are mediums. You know what I'm saying? Three people maybe a large. Somebody might be in between. But out of all those sizes, three people looking for bright colors, one person looking for sequins, somebody else looking for work clothes, somebody else looking for streetwear, somebody else looking, you know what I'm saying? So, do you have a collective of items, or do you just have a certain yeah. item? Me? I wear it all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a tomboy at heart. I am not a girly girl. Most people see me. I, really? I'm not a girly girl. I can be Mm-mm. I'm a I'm a tomboy at heart, honey. I like to wear big jeans and tims and boots and big coats and all that. I like heels, but not really. But I can get cute if I really want to. Mm-hmm. Now I love a skirt. I love to show mm-hmm. my girls and you know, but that's not who I am for real. I'm laid back. I'm chill. I don't. Okay. I don't have to be seen to be seen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm a kind of person. Yeah. Yeah. My yeah. personality is seen. My energy is seen. So I don't always have to look like something to be seen. I don't like to be. I don't like makeup. I don't like to be beat and all mm-hmm. that. That's, that's not my thing. I don't like jewelry like that. I like earrings, but I don't like jewelry for real. That's just not me. And so I don't mm-hmm. never want to put on that persona with people that make you think this who I am. You like me like this or don't like mm-hmm. me at all? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, like, you know what I'm saying? And that's one thing I learned about reselling is that you got to put on a face for people to make people feel better about themselves to be able to buy from you. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it. I want to be me and I want to sell you and show you what I love. And if you love it, then you can buy it. If you don't, then you don't. But what I'm wearing ain't got nothing to do with what you wearing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm going to look presentable, but I'm not going to beat myself up for an hour and two hours to get on here and portray somebody that I'm not. So reselling online is completely different from Mm -hmm. Mm pop-ups. Pop-ups, you can feel me, right? (laughs) You can feel where I'm coming from. You can hear me. On on the phone, you can see me, but you can't Mm -hmm. feel me. So it's a difference for me. It's a difference. I don't know. I'm just rambling. Sorry. <laughs> I understand. I can. No, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. But, I can understand because I'm listening because it, it matters within business and all aspects. So, yeah. you know, you have to know about your demographic. You've got to know your target audience and what works for you works for you, you know? And like you said, it's more interactive being at a pop-up and seeing people in person versus just you in the room talking to your phone. <laughs> it's a big yeah. Difference. 
But you seen the difference from like me and you, we talked when we was on IG. But then when we got in person, it was totally different, right? <laughs> like talking to you, for, like we both been dropping off something and we end up standing there talking for like 35 minutes about everything. You know what I'm saying? We talking about a whole lot in 30 minutes just standing there exchanging yeah. a pair of tights. <laughs> So it's a difference for me. Like mm-hmm. I didn't get into this business to talk to myself. I didn't get into this business to portray somebody on the phone. I got into this business because I wanted to meet people. I got into this business because I like to pick people brain. I got into this business because I like the social work and don't even realize I'm social working. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and I say that because mm-hmm. I like the, I don't know, I just, I like people. I like people and I don't like people, which is so crazy. But I like certain people. <laughs> I like certain people. I like certain kinds of people. Let me say that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. and 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 I'm Shoot. I'm gonna explain that because I was thinking about that when I when I was driving home. I like people that can teach me something. I like people who can mm-hmm. make me think. I like people who have drive. You know what I'm saying? I like people who's a doer and not a talk. If I say I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do it. I have so many ideas always in my head. Like I'm an entrepreneur for real because I come up with so much stuff that half the time don't even get done. I got so many ideas that all the time it don't get done. And it don't get done because I got so much going on up in here that I can't get it all done. But I, but I, I, I want to get it done. But sometimes it's not always about you doing it by yourself. It's about finding people that got the same drive as you. They got the same ideas as you. So that you can be able to build each other up. So you can be able to get where you're going. And I think that's why I started the DMV sisters, right? Mm-hmm. So you notice how I, I was dedicated to the DMV sisters at one time, right? I don't like to always like come up with all the ideas to always and then gotta push ideas. people okay. or mm-hmm. motivate people to do it. You either gonna do it or you're mm-hmm. not. If you're not gonna mm-hmm. do it, I'm not gonna push you to do it, right? The the point of me getting mm-hmm. the group is because I feel like we all can win together. I'm not a person who likes competition. I mean I mean, not, not 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 don't don't like competition, but I'm never in competition with no one because there's always enough money out here for everybody. Okay. Mm-hmm. We don't have to sell the same. We all like vintage, but we all have different vintage. We all have different styles. We all have different perspectives. We all have different business plans. We all have different ways of setup or you know just putting things together right 
So if you have five people, just example, you got five people, they got five different things, they have five different ideas. Out of five ideas, at least two of the ideas should work. If two of the ideas should work, mm-hmm. that means everybody going to eat off of those two ideas. Right? Yeah. Compared to one person having an idea and they missing something out of that idea of the reason why they not mm-hmm. getting ahead. So if you had a group mm-hmm. that yeah. can be able to give you ideas to motivate you to just assist you in the thoughts that you had, add to it, you know, add, add, add value to what it is that you already want to do can not only boost you, but boost them. Mm-hmm. Right? So even if it was like, exactly. let's do lives together, mm-hmm. let's do pop-ups together, maybe I have a financial system that works for me, but you don't have one. Maybe you're not doing inventory correctly. Maybe you're not setting up right. Mm-hmm. Like at one time, I was setting all my stuff on my side. One of my sisters said, you should set it up this way. I felt like when I set it up her way, I was making more sales to pop up compared to the way that I was setting it up, right? So that's what I'm saying. Like for me, the group was more about feeding off of each other to be able for everybody to come up at the same time. Constructive criticism for me is always good. I love constructive criticism because I always want to know what I'm not doing or what I can do or what I need to do better. Some people can't take that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is what I learned. Nope. Some people don't. Even though they agree with you, even though they like your idea, some people can't execute it. Right? If you can't execute it, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. you need somebody else to help you execute it, or do you don't want to participate? Which one is it? Like, it's more like which one you want to do. Right, and so that. I just got to the <laughs> I just got to the point where I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? Let me step back for a second. Those who want to be there going to be there. Those who not, is not. Mm-hmm. I can't keep pressing other people to do things. That's just yeah. the, the, the space I wasn't in. Plus, to be honest, I mm-hmm. saw, I really saw mm-hmm. the reset because I had a person who was going to college. I was like, they about to hit my pockets up. <laughs> Sales need to come <laughs> in more. Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> Look at him. You know. But I mean, that was another reason why I really thought reselling too. Because I was like, these boys getting big. I need another job. I need a second job. I need to figure out how to make more sales. Mm-hmm. I need to get other people ideas. And it's not about stealing ideas. It's just about if we don't mind helping each other out because we're not in competition then we all can eat. That's just my point. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, it's, 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 yeah. 
And then everybody got a life. Everybody got their own problems. Everybody got family. Everybody got kids. Everybody got parents. You know, I, I, I get that we were all busy, but I felt like it really could have been a good thing. But now, mm-hmm. I'm just, I just took another direction. And so, I got a different plan. I've been sitting back quietly for a couple of months because I'm planning. <laughs> I'm planning a different route because Instagram has stopped for me. It hasn't stopped, but I'm not passionate about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so I need that changes, to, you gotta switch it up. Yeah, I just felt like my dream wasn't getting bigger. Yeah, I just felt like so I should stop. Mm. And I need to figure it out. <laughs> the, the, to, for real I need to think about it and I need to figure it out and I need to evaluate and then I need to put it in motion you know what I'm saying like you know what I'm saying yeah. like, I'm somewhere else right now I'm somewhere else right now mm-hmm. Well, I can't wait to see what's going to pop on out. It's popping. It's mm-hmm. popping quietly. <laughs> it's popping quietly. It's popping quietly. <laughs> okay, so I know balancing work and motherhood can be challenging. So how do you manage your role as a part-time reseller while raising your children. Reselling reselling is my third job. My first job is myself. My second job is my kids. My third job is reselling. So reselling is really not a priority for me. Um, even though I want it to be my business and I want to build something, that's not my focus. That's like reselling for me is 25%. It's 25 for myself, it's 50% for my kids, and it's 25 for my reselling. Which I know I probably need more for myself, but I figure by reselling my 25, that's my 50 right there. You know, but um, it's hard. Yeah, It's hard. Working a nine to five or nine to six and then coming home and cooking dinner. Resale what? Steam what? Price what? Get on live <laughs> for what? <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> like, I don't want to. So, no, you remember a lot of work on there. Y'all <laughs> exactly. So you remember Thursdays was our day, right? Thursdays was my day that I, I used to get on. And Thursdays, it was hard mm-hmm. on a Thursday. I got on at 8 o'clock. By 10 o'clock, y'all be sitting there like this. 
Because then I'm tired. Everybody need to hurry up and sell that stuff because I'm ready to get off. Like, after 10 o'clock, I can't do it no more. <laughs> I can't do it no more, girl. It was hard. It was hard. But um, yeah. I, I said now, I think I'm going to take my weekends and do it and, and just do my reselling. Mm-hmm. Like, weekdays are not good for me. It just it just don't work. I'm too tired. Um, my back hurt. My feet hurt. I'm tired. I'm mentally drained on the on the weekday. So I felt like maybe on Saturday or Sundays, that's when I maybe do a lot. But like now, Saturdays is my day to do pop ups. So that's my only day. I only dedicate one day. Right. So I'm not gonna get on live no other day. Plus. You want me to go to a pop-up, packing nine pop-up. bags? Yeah, so think about it. I'm Thursday and Friday, I'm packing a car. Saturday, I'm going to the pop-up from nine to five. When I come home, I'm taking a shower and I'm going to sleep. Stuff staying in my car until Wednesday-ish. Okay, Wednesday, maybe. <laughs> I finally take the stuff out of the car. You know what I'm saying? I finally take the stuff out of the car. You want me to put the racks back up, put the clothes back up, steam the clothes again to do a, to do a live sale? No, I'm not doing it. That's why I said I was only doing pop-ups during the summertime because it was too much. It was too much going back and forth, back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I know um, I was talking to um, one of the resellers and she was saying, well, I only have certain stuff that I take to my pop-ups and then... I got the stuff that I sell. I said, oh, honey, I'm taking everything. I'm taking everything with me because I want all of it gone, right? I don't want to get to the pop-up and be like, dang, I should have I bought that. I should have bought that. No. And plus, I like to have something for everybody. I'm the kind of person where mm-hmm. if, if mm-hmm. I go to the pop-up and you got three racks or two racks, I'm probably going to buy nothing for two racks. Because I don't have a assortment. I mean, not saying I won't buy nothing, but out of all those pieces, it's probably something that I really like, but it's not calling me, right? Compared to going to the next person booth, but you got five racks, mm-hmm. and I can give me a whole outfit <laughs> because she got a variety of what I like. But um, back to the question. It's nice. hard. It's hard. It's hard. Um, <laughs> I thought it was gonna be easier because I had one who was halfway out the house. I had another one who is dependent partially, and then I have another one who is not dependent at all. So how mm-hmm. how like you see this little one and he's on some high, he always knows. He likes to be on camera. He wants to go. He wants to do my lives. He he is in my business, right? So it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Some people can do it, but I can't do it right now. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it right now. (laughs) Just and I have seen him on live too. I have seen him. Yeah. But I don't have I don't have the energy to give to the people. 
is what mm-hmm. it really is. Like I just right. I don't mm-hmm. have the energy to give you what I need to give you to be able to sell my item. So I, I might as well not get on. Because when I first started, I had the energy. I was ready. I was on it. Now, I just don't want to give it to y'all. I don't. I only can give it to you once a week, and you only can get six hours. (laughs) That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. I'm tired. Mm -hmm. I'm tired. I'm getting too old for this, and I'm tired. I'm not messing with you. (laughs) (laughs) Serious. You gonna be just fine. You gonna be just fine. It's gonna be all right. It is. Mm-hmm. Okay. I gotta get my so, groove back. That's all. <laughs> with a house, a household, <laughs> you gonna get you it back. Don't trip. You gonna get it back. You gonna get it back. With a household full of boys, how do you encourage diversity in their interests and hobbies? And what lessons do you hope? part about breaking gender stereotypes um I got a lot of boys in here the dog is a boy the cat is a boy the fish probably boys it's just a lot going on in here right it's just it's, it's a lot um it's the age difference so 19 14 and four right? Everybody's on their same page. I mean, everybody is is okay. is on a different page, right? Um, I'm the kind of person where I don't care who your friends are. They need to be respectful. They need to be doing something with themselves, and you need to make sure that they real they are really your friend, right? I don't. When it comes to my kids, I don't really give them no who you can and can't be friends with, right? I don't care if they white, black, Spanish. I don't care. Because everybody got something to teach you. Always remember that. Everybody got something to teach you. Um, If it's their education, if it's their customs, if it's what they do in their household, um, just their parents, just the lessons their parents give them. Like, I really don't discriminate when it comes to what they want to do, what they like to do. I always say try it. You try it, you like it, you love it, do it. I'm a supportive, whatever it is. Um, I didn't been through, even when it came to sports, I didn't went through basketball, football, karate, judo, chess, you name it. I didn't done it, right? You know, boys being boys. I got a little one who want to try boxing and was like, nah, I don't want to do it no more. I don't want to do kickball. I got another one who tried all the sports and said, I only mm-hmm. like basketball. I got another one who did everything at least once for one season. So, mm-hmm. always stay open. I just always tell them to be open. 
be who you are, be respectful, um, be happy with yourself, you know, like give off good energy. For me, I'm always about energy. I always tell people that. It's always about energy for me. Like, I study people. I st- like, most times, if I get around a group of people, I'm quiet. Because I study a lot of people. And I study people's energies. And, and, and it's always important. If people's energy is not right around you, get away from it. Mm-hmm. But you mm-hmm. always give people which, what, what you want to give them. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to catch me being Kenya to probably like the second time that you met me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, not you personally, but like me being around a group of people, mm-hmm. I'll probably be quiet for the first or second time. I might laugh and joke with you, but you ain't going to see who mm-hmm. I really am until I really fill a room. That's just, you know, and, and, and I try telling the same thing. Like, you got to give what you want, but also hold back some. And so you really know who the person is. Mm-hmm. Never listen to the hearsay. Mm-hmm. I'm a person where people always say, oh, yeah, she like this, she like that. She probably is. But as long as she don't do it to me, that's not my problem. Even though I mm-hmm. know she might be like that, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, like, Even though I know she might be like that, I'm not going to put that on, on her until she do it to me. Because she might not do me the way she did you. Mm-hmm. It's always in the back of my mind of, oh, mm-hmm. she could be like this. But I don't never let people dictate to me how I feel about somebody. Because when I had enough, I've had enough. Mm-hmm. And that's what I tell them. When you, gotta, when you haven't had enough of a person, you know when it's enough. Let it go. Because it ain't for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the the same lessons that I give them is what I go by, right? And 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 I try to be a model of mm-hmm. what I say is what I do because mm-hmm. it's important that you know you show them what you mean. Trust me, my son has seen me be friends today and tomorrow. I'll be like, oh, we ain't going around him no more. We ain't doing it. Don't need calling no more. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I'm serious. I'm serious. Yeah. I mean, like, example, mm-hmm. I had a girlfriend who had boys, right? At the time, I only had two boys. Mm-hmm. We were cool. I realized that the things that she was doing is not the, the, the things that I wanted my boys to do. So I had to distance myself from her because mm-hmm. I didn't want my children around her boys. And if y'all see each other out on the street, y'all can still mm-hmm. dab it up, you know, kick it, but that's all it's going to be. Because they're not on the same page as you. Or yep. their mother not on the same page as me. You know? So you just, you know, you just got to pay attention to people. You got to pay attention. I just tell them to pay attention to people. Pay attention pay attention to the, what people say and what people do because those are two different things. 
what they say is what they say. What they do always tell you who they really are. Mm-hmm. Mm. And you always give a now, uh, yeah. always say, give a person a chance, right? That being said, mm-hmm. your friend can be your friend and something happen. Give them a chance because maybe they made a mistake. But if they do it the second time, they really ain't your friend. Because a friend ain't going to do it twice. A friend going to learn the first time that that's not who you are, that's not what you like, and that's not who they should be to you. If they do it the second time, that's not your friend. Don't don't give them a third try. Don't give them a third try. So I think it's, it's, it's learning. It's, I mean, you know how your mother used to always say, oh, I don't like her. Or oh, I don't like him. You shouldn't talk to them. That shouldn't be your friend. You know how it was. You, your parents never liked certain friends. And now that you got older, you look back and be like, that's why my mother didn't like them. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Because we always see something that you don't see at the moment. Exactly. And most times, it'd be that person energy that your mother says she don't like. And that's why you shouldn't be around them. So always take what I say and just keep it in the back of your mind. And then you run with it. Mm-hmm. You never lie. I'm telling you, I used to be like, what's up with this lady talking about she don't like somebody? She used to be like, mm-hmm. uh, let your friends meet you down around the corner at the stop sign. Don't bring them here to my house. Yeah. I don't know what they got going on. <laughs> so well, that's like, my motto right, anyway. Don't bring your friends to my house. It's the truth. It's Tell them meet you down the street. I say that all the time. People that I don't know, if I ain't met their parent and they ain't your real friends, don't bring them to my house. Meet them up the street somewhere, down the street. Don't bring them to my house because I don't want no one. They ain't your real friends if they just coming through. <laughs> I'm serious. But it's this. Yeah. That's my mom. That's my mom right there. She ain't like... Now, I don't do that. But see, for me, I don't do that as much. I'm more always in the business. I'll be listening to this conversation and I'll be like, so so-and-so, so-and-so said, so-and-so, so-and-so did. Why is that? Because I want him to understand what it is that that, that was said. Like, I don't want to tell you that that's not your friend, right? I want you to understand why he's not your friend. Mm-hmm. And then I want you to understand why you're not that person friend because you didn't treat that person right. Or you said this to I said, well, you said so and so to your friend. What if somebody said that to you? Would you like it? Like that's not your friend. Because you talk to your friend a certain kind of way, and that's not how you're supposed to be talking to your friends. So I'm always throwing it back at them instead of trying to say, I don't like your friend. Well, I have done that once. But that was for good reason. Because I ain't like his father. So mm-hmm. that's why I ain't like the boy. 
<laughs> yeah, let them get to see it for themselves. Yeah. Sure. But I try to, you know, so I just uh yeah. quirky or fun. Mm. Go ahead. Mm-mm. You finish. <laughs> no, it's fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. What's a quirky or fun tradition or activity that you and your children enjoy together that makes your family unique? Um, what do we enjoy together? Girl, we like to eat. That ain't unique, but we like to eat. Um, you know, now that my kids have gotten older, they don't want to do nothing with me no more. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, they don't want to do nothing with me no more. Really? We like, hell no. It's a, I think it'll be a difference if they was younger or if it was a girl. These boys... They don't want to do nothing with me. Like I, I like to go to festivals. I like to go to shows. Like me and my oldest son used to go to festivals and shows all the time. Then he got to the point where he was like, uh, I don't do that no more. Mm -hmm. Then me and the middle son started to do it. And then he like, mm, I don't want to do it. This little one, if he ain't eating or playing, he don't want to do it. But um for me, what I look forward to from all of us is Kwanzaa dinner. It's not unique, but I feel like that's the time where I got everybody here, right? Um, we've been celebrating Kwanzaa for mm -hmm. like 22 years. And so once I had my son, me and my cousin made it a tradition to have Kwanzaa every year. And so it's always, well, all family mm -hmm. is invited. But regardless who come and who don't come, it's always me, my my children, my cousin, her children, my aunt, my mother, and whoever else want to come. But those are the main people right there. Like I always want to start my year off with those people, right? I always want to start New Year's off with my children, my auntie, my cousin, and my mother. Everybody else can fall in place, but those are the people that I love to do Kwanzaa with because that's how I, I always want to start my year. So I don't care what nobody else do for no other holiday, but Kwanzaa, you got to be in. <laughs> and that's that. Yeah. Mm, and don't be coming to my I house cooking if you can't cook. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, but like straight like that, straight like yeah, and see, back in the day when I was younger, it was we all cook something, right? Like for me, I'm a cooker. Well, I used to be a cooker. I used to love to cook. So my thing is Kwanzaa. I make everything. Um. We always have like three, four different meats. Mm -hmm. We have a whole lot of size. Now that my cousin got children, she's a vegan. 
kids, all these kids got allergies these days. So, you know, I make a variety mm-hmm. of stuff and then she makes a variety of stuff. And then whoever can make something that's their signature din- um, um, dish, then they can bring that. But outside of that, I do all the cooking. Mm-hmm. The kids used to make stuff, but now they just want to eat. So, I don't know. I need little people in my life. That's <laughs> all. I mean, I don't mind though. But that's the that's the one day of the year that you can catch me in the kitchen cooking, like a real big meal. Mm-hmm. Because usually we have like, um, okay, we have like jerk. We have jerk chicken. We'll have regular chicken. We'll have deer meat. We'll have rabbit. We'll have salmon. We'll have shrimp or something. And then I'm always in the recipe. You know how Instagram and Facebook always got dumb recipes coming up. I be experimenting on people, um, yes. making different dishes. You know, you can still have the greens, sweet potatoes, macaroni and cheese, things of that nature. But you know, it's always at least four or five dishes that everybody is tasting. Okay. It's a way to, you know, so I think everybody way. likes that. And then, yeah, I mean, it's always different, but everybody can try something new. And then if everybody like it, I'll make it the next year. And then I'll make something, three other dishes. And then that's how we keep adding on to our meals every year. Mm. Okay, that's lit. That's lit. I like it. That's lit. So, how do you find time for self care and personal growth as a busy working woman? I write stuff down. I'm a person. I like to write. Um, I write a lot of notes to myself. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. I write a lot of notes to myself. So what I, I, you know, I, I used to have a book. Then I start just like going to my Gmail, going, going to my notes and just writing stuff for myself, right? Things that I want, things that I need, mm-hmm. things that I want to do, places I want to go, dreams that I had. Um, just write stuff down. It's more of a written vision board than an actual vision board. Um, self-care. Girl, I don't get that much self-care. Mm. I swear to God, I, I'm mentally drained. But all I just want is a massage most times. If I can just get a massage once a month and some quiet time, mm-hmm. that's all I be needing, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, it's hard. I didn't realize how hard it was to have self-care these days. But it's actually hard to get self-care when I feel like I'm taking care of everybody and everything. And then they know when I don't Mm -hmm. get it because then I start fussing. Mm -hmm. Everything is a complaint. When I start to complain, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I need to take some time out for myself. And that's what I try to do. Okay. But what so I noticed is that somehow. Yeah, but but to be honest, my pop-ups is more like a therapy for me. 
that's more of mm-hmm. my self care time. Um, and I think that's why I like doing that more is because I get to get outside. Thrifting is more mm-hmm. of my self care as well. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's not really about buying nothing. It's just about going through the racks, hunting for gems, thinking at the same time. I make a lot of decisions about my life in the thrift store. To be honest, I really did. Mm -hmm. I'm having a bad day. I'll go through the store, even if I don't buy nothing. Retail therapy. Yeah, I'll I'll go through the store and pick up a whole bunch of stuff. That's how when I used to do my thrift for me, that's how I always have a big part of stuff. That's how that's how much I had on my plate. That probably was one that day when I got my leg, my leg. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but I mean, that's why I was doing thrift for me is because I was like, I always go through the store and I pick up all this stuff. And then I be coming out of the store with like three items after I put all that Mm -hmm. stuff out and then look at it. And then I'd be like, I don't need that. I do need this. And then I come out with three items. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, let me start getting online and showing people all this stuff that I didn't pick up. But a lot of my self care is actually in the thrift store or getting a massage. That's my really my two big go tos for myself. Um, I need to start planning more. To be honest, but. I don't know. I can't find the time. I think I have the time, to be honest. But I don't think I have the support to feel like I got the time. Right. And be comfortable with the time that you take to do it. Exactly. And not having the support to feel like that I can do what I need to do is a frustration for me. Mm-hmm. So that's why mm-hmm. I think I stay more at the stores. Well, it's bad on my pockets, though. <laughs> Look, it's something. <laughs> Well, I am because next we year is gonna be completely different. Next year is gonna be completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, so my birthday is in December, right? So all plans that is all plans and decisions that is made for me is always made in the month of December. I never really make plans to change anything during the year unless it's just something I need to change. Major changes always happen in the month of December. I'm getting older. It's my birthday, right? I can't go around the sun again doing the same things. I don't care about the beginning of the year, year, blah, blah, blah. It ain't about the beginning for me. It's about being reborn in the month of December. So everything aligns for me during this month. Mm-hmm. During this month, I make major decisions on 
if I am, if I'm not, if I will, if I won't, if I could, if I'm not, right? So I've been planning. That's why a lot of that, that's why I've really been quiet this year because I've been planning. And for me, I like to put my plan in place. And when I put that plan in place, it's, it's going to be what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. even people on board or they're not on board. But I won't go around the sun one more time and feel the way that I feel at this moment. This feeling that I have now is not this feeling that I will be having with my birthday. I won't do it. And that goes for me personally. That goes for my children. Um, that goes for my household. Mm-hmm. That goes for my job. Right? Mm-hmm. I just... Certain things I just don't want to do no more. I'm not doing it. And I don't care who feels whatever mm-hmm. way about it. But that's my more of, of my self-care for myself is in December. Because in December, you can start seeing me act different. She about to get shut down. Wow. Mm-mm. Yeah. And that even comes with the kids. Woo. Like, I've been writing I'm stuff down you. for them. <clears throat> I got a whole list of mm-hmm. what you're going to do and what you're not going to do starting this year. You're not doing it. It's just it's just not gonna happen. And we have to put consequences mm-hmm. in place. And if my house is not in order, then I'm not in order. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not in order, nobody's happy. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not in order, so we we gotta start over because my children are getting to an age where. They feeling itself. Mm-hmm. And not saying that it's out of control, they out of control because they not. I don't play that shit. But mm-hmm. everybody in their own journey right now. And I feel like nobody is really aligned to the point mm-hmm. where I'm not And I don't like it. And I'm blessed mm-hmm. not to have children that is reckless and disrespectful and out here doing crazy shit. But mm-hmm. personal growth for them needs to change for me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I see changes in my cho- I, I, I see things in my children mm-hmm. that I don't like. And because I don't like it, I don't like myself. Mm-hmm. If I don't like myself, then I can't self I can't take care of myself because I'm keep worrying about what they doing. So now it becomes my children, myself, my business. Right? It has to be me first because if it ain't me first, Mm -hmm. then that means that I'm not doing my job. Mm -hmm. And I take pride in my job. I take pride in being a mom. I think a mom, to me, is the most important thing that I've done in my life. 
outside of going to school. I feel like being a mom mm-hmm. humbled me. So before I had my son, I had this boyfriend who used to always tell me that I need to humble myself, right? Didn't know what that was until I had my first son. Mm-hmm. And that feeling is the feeling that I always need for myself. And as humans, we always get sidetracked. We always get consumed mm-hmm. with what's going on out here in the world. But at the end of the day, you got to get back to that humble place. You know what I'm saying? And you got to worry about your kids more than you worry about yourself. Because yeah. what's going to What's going to happen to our next generation? What's going to happen to us when we get older? Who's going to be there for us? I ain't going to no home. I'm going to somebody's house getting on their nerve with their grand, with my grandkids. And I'm making sure their wife can cook because I'm going to have a problem. Like, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I ain't, okay. uh-uh. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, yes. Mm. I just want my children to not only be better than me, but to make sure that mm-hmm. they are equipped with what's needed in this world and what is needed to be a good man, to be a good black man, mm-hmm. okay, to be productive, um, to be able to raise children. And I'll never, and I, I always want my children to have a thing to say. I want my kids to be better than me, right? My mother did this, 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 and this. And these are things that I'm going to take from her. And then I'm going to add my twist to it. You know what I'm saying? Because I think we all do that every generation. And I think the, 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 the problem with my generation is they, they so consumed with themselves is why they children is wrong. That's just my opinion. Though. Yeah. That's you know, like mm-hmm. you know, I don't give a shit about a dude. Like I can give a shit about a friend. I can give a shit about a dude. I can give a shit about a friend. They don't make me. My children is what make me. They don't make because they are a, a reflection of me as I am a reflection of my parents. And when I was growing up, man, it's the jams. My thing was here. this. <laughs> it's the jams. So I, when I was growing up, the reason I never did a lot of stuff that most people was doing is because I always said, my father knows too many people. My uncle's out here in these streets and they know too many people. I ain't about to get caught up with this. You know what I'm saying? I ain't about to get caught up. So I need to watch what I do, watch what I say, watch where I go. I can't be on the bus cussing and acting a fool because you don't know who know who. Right? So those are the same things that I put into my children. It's like, don't be out here acting no fool because you know I know a whole rack of people. 
So that that's one of those taming <laughs> yeah. things that I think, <laughs> you know, that that's one good thing that I can say about them is that they don't do too much outside because they never know who I know. And they've been around me enough to know that I know a lot of dudes. And dudes are always in the street. So don't get it twisted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, you know, that was a lot for the end. Yeah. But <laughs> but seriously, like I just really want. I mean, you know, we've had this conversation <laughs> before. We've had this conversation before about you know just our generation and our children, and it's sad. You know what I'm saying? And I really just want us to you know look at ourselves and start worrying about what's going on on social media and what's going on out here in these streets and trying to keep up with everybody and everything and it's not that serious trust me because none of these things and none of these people care about you for mm-hmm. real everything that cares about you is always in your house mm-hmm. And so if your house don't care, you got a broken home. Okay. A broken home means destruction. So girl, we've been on here for an hour and a half. Hey, it's when the conversation is real, okay? You know, but I mean, I really appreciate it. You know, I said I was going to do this because we've been talking about it, talking about it. And I was like, oh, she sent me an invite. I was like, (laughs) I was like, I was like, oh, about time. But you know, we always got something to talk about. Yes. You know, at the end, and to be honest, mm-hmm. I really feel like Man. we all need to start being in competition and start getting back to loving one another and and, and, and being in the community and not being jealous and just being sisters because it'll change the children. It'll change the perspective of the children. It'll change the perspective of the world. You know what I'm saying? Because we are the world. And if we don't change, they won't change. So we can't expect something from them if we're not willing to do it ourselves and 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 be able to make that change. You know? And so jealousy, that, that is a big part. Yeah. That's a big part of the plan. The plan is always to separate us. And as long as we separate it, our children is going to be separated. Mm-hmm. If our children are separated, then we losing. Yeah. We losing. Mm-hmm. We losing. We like really losing. And, and people don't see that. People mm-hmm. don't see that. People only see what they want to see. And don't raise your kids like that. Like, 
Don't raise your kids. I only think about themselves. You know, for the first time, I got to take my son to a funeral. You know what I'm saying? Any one of his friends, but I still got to take my child to a funeral. The only funeral I should be taking my child to is their great grandparents and their grandparents because they should be old enough. I mean, golf, you know, willing that they still alive, but that's who we should be taking our kids to funerals mm-hmm. is our past generations, not to mm-hmm. other children's funerals. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And not saying he can go by himself. Mm-hmm. The point is that. Yeah. I need for him to go. And the reason I'm going is because I need for him to understand how important it is to be a friend. Right? So when he called and told me about Mm -hmm. his friend, the first thing I said is, you need to go up to the hospital with your friend. Call your job, tell him you can't come. Go to the hospital with your friend. Because you don't understand high feel to lose a parent, right? Be up there with your friend as long as you need to. So now I got to go with you to support mm-hmm. your friend so that you can understand what a real friend supposed to do. So this is more of a, this is more of a lesson that I got to teach him because he got to deal with his friend afterwards because his friend going to go through something because he lost a parent. And I'll never want him to ever feel like, you know what I'm saying? He can't be his friend. I'll never want him to ever feel like, you know what I'm saying? And I mean, yeah. thank God we had no, yeah. no, no kids' funerals well, to go he to. Wasn't but him. exactly. But if ever it comes a time that it happens to your parent, then those friends. Or those people who do the things that you did for your friend is really your friend. That's another lesson, right? Like, we go on and on about this. And you know me, I be all over the place, depending on how how I be talking and what I'm feeling. But (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, like, I gotta go teach my son a lesson tomorrow. This This is what it is to be a parent. It's like, it don't stop. It don't stop. Mm-hmm. And just because, like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. the funeral, it's not just a funeral for me. Mm-hmm. It's a part of me parenting because that's what you're supposed to do. That's how you're supposed to do it. And just because our parents didn't do it don't mean we ain't supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. We got to think better than our parents. Exactly. Because I can't even tell you how many funerals I done went to from the age of 16 to now. You know, like, it's just a lesson. And if I had some of these lessons that I'm trying to teach my son, I think I could have been a better friend. I could have been a better friend. I could have been a better person, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. it's more about building character. It's more about um, dealing with his emotions. You know, it's hard for these boys to deal with emotions, mm-hmm. rejection, 
you know, it's, it's, it's hard to deal with those things. So this is a way that I can go and see what he do. So I know what I need to do for the next step. Right. Mm-hmm. Because then that can tell me what mm-hmm. my child is lacking mm-hmm. and what I need to work on to work on him. So, you know, just yeah. know I'm yeah. in the business, Attention mom. To your babies to see what's happening. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that being said, I know you if if y'all see my page, y'all can even hear my four year old telling me how I'm in this business. Okay. I'm in this business. I'm in everybody's business. <laughs> That's my job. That's my job. <laughs> Stay in the business. That's Stay my job. Business. But that that should Shit. be everybody's job. Like Stay in the Are we gonna get it together? That's all I wanna know. Are we gonna get it together as parents? Are we gonna get it together as parents? Are we gonna get it together as people? Uh, we gonna get it together. Is I mean, we ain't even gonna talk about the dads. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, we raise these kids. We raise mm-hmm. we we as women raise these men to be the way that these men are. I don't want my kids to be like these dudes. I don't want it. I don't even like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. So that's why I'm saying what I'm saying is because what Mm -hmm. I see in these men is not what I want to see in my child. I don't Mm -hmm. want it for him. I want him to be independent. I want him to know how to cook, how to clean, how to take care of himself, how to take care of his kids, his wife, his his business, his his job, his his everything, his finance. Like I want him to get it. Because if we make these children and not and and, and me personally, I'm I'm just talking about boys because that's what I have. I don't have no girls. So I knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Why he didn't give me a girl. But <laughs> I know what I don't want my children to be. Like do y'all really want y'all children to be like these dudes y'all deal with or that y'all see or that's that's y'all friend or we don't. We don't even want our girls to be like our girlfriend that we hang out with every day. Even if we can't see it in ourselves. Like we don't want that. It's not a good look. We don't want our children to be like the rappers. And the hoes and the socialites and the we don't want our children to be that. You know, that's the brainwashing of the new generation that we have come to. Because no one is thinking, everybody is sleeping. Stop eating that meat, probably. But <laughs> I'm just saying. Sally, <laughs> you know, so I mean, 
Let me ask. I'm going to ask, what does a torch mom mean to you? So a torch mom to me means someone who is uh, handling their business, who is um, thinking forward, who is you know, taking care of not only themselves, but their children. They put their children first. They can multitask. They have emotions. They um, they are not perfect, for sure. We are not perfect, but we try to be. Hmm. Um, there's no such thing as perfect, but everybody has their own definition of what they feel is perfect. Um, we can communicate hmm. We can say criticism. We are strong. Mentally, physically, emotionally, like, we can do it. And we have a lot of torch moms out here. Mm -hmm. But some people just don't tap into Mm -hmm. it. Because we all got it. And we love hard. I think torch moms really love hard. And we see what's in front of us at all times. And we are conscious. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. And FYI, you don't have to. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate yeah, I mean, and 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 that being said, you don't have to be spiritually in church to be spiritual. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, it's all about your energy. You have to learn yourself. You have to learn what makes you. You have to learn to use your intuition to feel what's around you. You have to go outside with no shoes on and put your feet on the ground so you can get it. <laughs> like, you have to center yourself. <laughs> For yeah. real. Like, you really have to take some time to yeah. understand. You have to read between lines. You cannot fall mm-hmm. into what others say or what others are doing. So, you know, just mm-hmm. get to know yourself. I think uh, I, I, I think a, a lot of people don't know themselves and I think that's where the destruction comes from because they don't know themselves and Ancestry.com is not going to tell you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But you got to know your history. Yep. I feel like you got to tell you. If you don't know your history, yeah. then you don't know yourself, right? Um, I never took an Ancestry.com just to let y'all know. But it's just about talking to your elders. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Talking to your family members. It's the stories. It's the traditions. It's the the love is the things that you remember as a child that that feeling that feeling is the feeling that that you always want when you dealing with your children 
right? I always felt like I was safe. I always felt like I was loved. I always felt like I could do anything. Those are the things that we have to give to our children at all times so that they can understand themselves. So, no. People, I love y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you, sis. We got to do this again. We're going to do some other topics. You just, all you did was talk about we going to talk about me. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. But you know, once I start talking, I get to talking. So I be all over the place. Mm-hmm. I be social working up in here. It's all good. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it's all good. What about you? Yes. But yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I had fun. We definitely need to go out soon. You are welcome. You are welcome. And make sure you wear your leggings when I see you. (laughs) I will. I love my leggings. I love my leggings. I love them. Look, and I was thinking about you. I was like, okay. I was like, there she wore those for Halloween. (laughs) No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't even wear them. But yeah, girl. I have a couple more things for you because we have to get into this spicy side of torch talk before I let you go. Okay. Okay. So let me go ahead and give my little spiel before we jump into these questions. All right. So before we dive into these thought-provoking questions about relationships and intimacy, I want to remind everyone that this podcast aims to foster open and honest conversations. Our guest today has kindly agreed to discuss these intimate topics, and we appreciate their willingness to share their insights. Please note that discussing sensitive subjects requires mutual respect and consent. So we've created a comfortable and safe space for our conversation. If at any point you feel uncomfortable, remember that you have the option to skip questions or choose not to answer. With that said, let's explore these important aspects of personal growth and relationships together. Okay. Bless you. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Okay, so has being a mother impacted your perspective on love and relationships? Yes, of course. So I never get into a relationship if my kids don't like the person. Right. Um, I never bring people around my children until I'm comfortable. So that's that's always been a thing for me. Um, I don't bring children. I don't bring my kids. I don't bring people to my house or around my kids unless 
uncomfortable with them enough to meet my kids. I don't have company in my house unless they've met my children outside of my house. If my children don't like you, I don't like you. It don't matter what's been going on. Um, you know the saying, in that dark out before light. Okay. Well, you wrap that up real good for me, okay? <laughs> I'm going to let you know that right there. <laughs> okay, so next question. Have you ever faced challenges in maintaining intimacy or passion in your relationship after becoming a mom? No. Okay. Okay. Are there any aspects of your sexuality or desires that you felt hesitant to express as a mom? No. Okay. Last question. How do you think societal expectations impact our sex lives and relationships? How do you think societal expectations impact our sex lives and relationships? Um, I think that we're over-sexualized. TV, social media, um, it's very over-sexualized. Um, I feel like that they throw a lot of stuff in our face. Um, mm -hmm. They throw a lot of stuff in our children's face. I don't like it. Um, when I was growing up, mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. we knew that bingo was bingo, right? That was bingo business. Mm -hmm. You know, what you, I, here's my thing. Whatever you do, in your bedroom is your business. I don't care. Um, I don't discriminate. I don't care. Like, I don't care. But just don't push it on my child. Or don't push it on the children. Let the children choose for themselves when they feel like they want to choose for themselves. I don't like the mm -hmm. fact that it's all on TV. Yes, I'm all inclusive. Don't get me wrong. But I don't feel like it should be on TV. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's too much on TV. Let me say that. Um, yeah. I personally, I've had my children. I mean, let me change that. My children have seen, seen it. I've had friends who was in a life, but I had to explain it to them, right? When I explain it to them, I let them know that that is not you and you are not them. You be who you want to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I just, I feel like we all can have the same rights. 
we all can have the same everything. I don't feel like no one needs more recognition than the next. No one needs to publicize their sexual nature, their sexual preference in public. Um, you know, if you like to do whatever it is you do, if that's with the same gender or some kind of act or whatever, that's your business. Like, just privacy is not private anymore. And I think that's the problem with society is that nothing is private anymore. Everything is out in the open, which then mm-hmm. changes our kids' thought patterns and changes our perspective on who we are and what we should be and what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. You understand? And mm-hmm. it shouldn't be like that. Mm-hmm. I think we all should be able to choose what we want to be and if we want to do certain things when we become of age and not saying 18 if we feel like we want to be something when we 13 and we want to do something when we 13 then that's for that household to decide not mm-hmm. for the the president or the senator or congress or any of those people to decide on when something should happen yeah. um i think that it should always be a conversation with your children about it because even you know these days you gotta say oh so and so got two moms and two dads i've seen this happen and i've seen that happen and something on tv and every time i turn around i keep seeing the goddamn youtube talking about but this but that butthole but but what is going on Mm -hmm. and i gotta block so much stuff and i think that it's a agenda we all know it was a agenda 120 years ago. It was agenda 60 years ago. The agenda is still here. They just went at it at a different way. Okay? So if you don't know what the agendas are, you need to read yeah. <laughs> to understand what is happening now. You know? And you know we back. We we'll probably be back mm-hmm. in Roman times in a minute. I just want to let y'all know. Not just your clothes in full circle. Not just you know everything mm-hmm. comes full circle if you let it. Mm-hmm. So just you know, Man. be conscious of. What you put in front of your children, be conscious of what they watch, be conscious of what they see, um, be open, uh, okay. communicate. I think communication is really big. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't know how to communicate. Everyone wants to communicate with an act is and key, not man. with their mouth. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So. Man. Listen, I appreciate you dropping gems tonight. Okay. <laughs> Sharing experiences, being transparent. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience? Or is there anyone you'd like to give flowers to before we close out? 
Um, there's nothing more I want to say. I mean, I just want to. I give flowers to everyone, but I feel like I've had a great foundation. Um, and to be honest, mm-hmm. I've learned a lot. My foundation was great, but I've learned a lot from a lot of guys, to be honest. Like um, like I said in the beginning, I'm not a girly girl. I don't like girls. To be I don't have girlfriends. I have five girlfriends at most, right? I, I mean, basically throughout my whole life. Like, I don't like girls. I don't, I'm, I'm not a girly girl. The only girls I like are my cousins. Okay? Now, I'm throwing flowers at my cousins all the time because mm-hmm. they raised me and they they really wasn't even my real cousins. They was my neighbors. And from my neighbors mm-hmm. and my na- the from the girls in the neighborhood, I took a different pause of them to make who I am, right? Just their demeanor, just okay. the way that they treat me. Um, the things that they taught me, like one of them taught me how to clean. She had this thing about cleaning. She had children that she showed me how to love my children correctly, right? Um, I had one who showed me about the nightlife, showed me about outside. <laughs> um, I had one who showed me how to be a girly girl, even though I ain't want to be a girl. A girly girl girl. You know what I'm saying? But um, okay. I'm throwing flowers at fellas because a lot of guys that I have came across educated me. They gave me books. They showed me different perspectives. Um they told me what I should and I shouldn't be doing. They told me how to read people. They told me, they showed me the streets, to be honest. They showed me my street smart. They showed me um, who I should be and who I need to be and how I shouldn't be like those other girls or um, just being humble. Like mm-hmm. now that I look back, when one person said it, I didn't know what it means, but the whole time I've always had it. I just didn't know how to put it into perspective mm-hmm. until I became a mom. And so raising kings, I see what they mean. I understand what they say. You know? Um, I had a guy mm-hmm. who been with me since I was 17, right? We still friends today. Mm-hmm. I can ask him, tell him anything, and it'll never be a lie, right? He'll never tell me a lie. I'll never lie to him about what it is. Um, and those are the kind of people you need in your life. And it don't have to be guys, but it has to be people that is true to you, that will never lie to you. Or when you ask for advice or you need somebody to really check you, those are the people you need in your life. And it can be hard. But I think we all need to find those people that 
really care for us genuinely. I think we all need to and really want to see the best and want us to be the best. So I throw flowers yeah. to all those who know yeah. who I'm talking about or who I'm talking to. Yeah. It's good when you yeah, got people so out here worried about your well-being, man. It's really exactly and exactly and as a torch mom, um, it's always to have, always surround yourself with women that have the values of being another mm-hmm. torch mom. You know what I'm saying? Like, even though we don't talk every day, mm-hmm. even though we don't see each other every day, you know what I'm saying? I cannot talk to them for years. And we can talk tomorrow and act like it was nothing. Like, it was just yesterday we just talked. You know, those are the kind of people you need mm-hmm. in your life. And then we look at our kids and we doing good because we get it. So just, you know, mm. if people watching this and I ain't talk to you, there's a reason. If we got children, our children been around each other and we not around each other no more, it's a reason. Not saying that you're a bad person. It's just saying that we wasn't on the same page when it came to our children. Right? And that there was no love loss. But it just wasn't our time. (laughs) It wasn't our time. We learned what we learned from each other and we moved on. Right? Yeah. And that's how we be better moms. And that's how we be better people. And that's how we raise better children. Is because now we know better. Yep. You know better. You do better. You do better. Exactly. Man, I thank you so much. I thank you so, so, so much for giving us the opportunity to share space with you. We truly appreciate your time and energy. Mm. Yes, love, of course. I'm going to see what my mom has to say tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> well, we going to see. No, I say that because... And make sure um, you let me know, too. Look, look, no, no, seriously, though. I say that because me and my mom are two different kind of people. Um... She's more laid back. I'm more aggressive. I'm like the bitch, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I don't really think okay. that she really know me. You know what I'm saying? She really don't know me. Not not know me. She really don't understand me. And I think this will give her more of a perspective of who I really am and who she really raised compared to who she may have thought I was. Because our parents never really know who we are Mm -hmm. and we actually show them outside of them. Mm -hmm. Meaning that 
I tell my mother here who I really am and who she really raised compared to who she see every day. And I hope she proud. I hope I did good. And I hope she proud that I'm a good mom. And it's because of her and all the other ladies that she's had me around. You know, her and my dad. So. No. Well, we definitely be nice to hear. dropping some flowers to mom. Yes. Mm -hmm. And my auntie, she of be, course. Be proud. Yeah, of course. I know she will. I'm just saying, you know. I think it was good. That's I think you know, at I the end of the day, this great. is what we want, people. This is what we want. We want our our, our parents to be proud of who they raised. Okay? <laughs> it's important. It's important. It's important. And that's on everything. Yeah, it's important that mm -hmm. you proud of them yeah. as much as they are proud of you. And regardless of how much we don't show it or how much they don't show it, as long as you know that you did a good job. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. that's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, negativity is forbidden and energy is power. Didn't have a backstage pass to check out the live stream. It'll be available for viewing on our YouTube channel. The Torch Mom Podcast. So be sure to subscribe, like, and share. If you have experiences or questions to share, send us an email to the Torch Mom Podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at the Torch Mom Podcast. Remember, what you desire, you already have. We love you. Stay torch.